Portions of this program may be pre recorded. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That's at SWAT Radio Talk. Uh, we would love to have you guys call in for this first segment. And uh, as we break down what has been going on uh, over the weekend. Uh, so, yeah, please call us in. Again, that number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. And with that, Doug, how's it going today? It is going okay. It is a Monday, August 24th, mm-hmm. almost September hard to believe yeah right um i was talking to somebody about an hour or so ago and we were talking actually it was a couple hours ago and we were talking about in january of this past year or this year uh, I, we led a group over to israel mm. that seems like five years ago mm-hmm. yeah isn't it crazy because of covid yeah. and how it's just like this whole year has seemed so bizarre now we got two possible hurricanes mm-hmm. Only in 2020. That, that That's yeah. going to be a new phrase. Yeah. Man. Don't pull a 2020 yeah, or right. something, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but we're glad you're listening to us today. It is uh, Monday. Marvelous Monday, as my friend Ronnie says. And it's uh, SWAT Radio. If you're just tuning in, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And uh, we are about discipleship. We're about the the Bible, the Word of God. Uh, the first segment of our program, we normally talk about what's going on in the world from a Christian worldview. There's a lot happening. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, we never see, I mean, there are things like just in the news, and I know because we have 24-7 news now, you can read about anything. They just, right. But it's really, there's some bizarre things out there. Like, um, you know, let's just talk about the weather real quick. I don't know that I've ever remembered two hurricanes at the same time or two storm systems like that. In yeah. the, do you? In I don't, the Gulf, I, yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't think I've ever remembered that. And they're saying that uh, Marco's the first one, and I think it's kind of dissipating or splitting into like a tropical depression. Yeah. But um, the one after at Laura is, um, they're saying, could be the first major hurricane of the season, and it could pick up some of the stuff from Marco that's mm. left behind and strengthen. And so they're, they're not sure where it's going to go right now. They're saying that the tropical storm uh, is going to head West toward uh, Texas, uh, New Orleans, over New Orleans and Texas. So that's going to produce a lot of rain. You know, one of the, some of the worst storms over there weren't hurricanes at all. They were tropical storms that produced tons of rain that caused flooding. Yeah. And so uh, we still need to be watchful and uh, prayerful for those people over there. And uh, just, you know, I'd, I'd say just every now and then you'd want to make sure and check what's going on and make sure you, you've got things and uh, ready there uh, for flooding because it looks like there's going to be a lot of rain 
for the next few days. But then, you know, I just was reading Taylor and you and I were talking a little bit before, like there were riots now in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Now, Wisconsin is not a bastion of conservatism anyway. (laughs) I mean, there are conservative places up there, but far and large, it's pretty liberal, especially Madison Mm -hmm. and that area. But this was, uh, there was a police-involved shooting in Wisconsin, and all you see, they sh- they've shown a video. Now, I don't know all the facts, so I want to make that disclaimer up front. All I know is what I saw in mm-hmm. a short video. And what they reported was that police officers responded to a domestic violence call which those are always dangerous Mm -hmm. those are some of the most dangerous calls you can get Um, emotions are high people have had knives or guns they're just they're touchy well they got there apparently and then they approached a man and that man uh, did not follow instructions they tased him and that didn't stop him he went to get in his car now I don't care who you are. It, it, it doesn't matter your skin color, your conservative, liberal, it doesn't matter. If you have been trained with any kind of police training, and I think you went through mm-hmm. some of it, right? If you, if nobody's responding to your commands as a police officer, that when you show up on a scene for something like that, uh, you're already on a heightened sense. Yep. And if they don't respond, then you are feeling like you've got to be protective. Mm -hmm. Well, then when that person is tased and they don't respond and they still are going into their car, people keep firearms in their cars. Mm -hmm. And the car can be used as a weapon as well. Yeah. And so I I don't, I'm not saying what they did was right. I don't know the circumstances. Mm -hmm. I'm saying what I saw, if those facts are accurate to what, uh, along with the video I saw, the man continued to get in his car, and for some, and they shot him. They mm-hmm. either perceived that there was a weapon there, maybe I don't know, maybe there was more information there. But as a police officer, you, you can't execute people, but you can defend yourself mm-hmm. and others if you think somebody's at risk. Yeah, well, I think you know when the fact more facts need to come out, you know. Uh, but I thought I heard someone in the video saying, you know, drop the gun or put the gun down or something. I thought I heard that mentioned. So. Well, well, the, yeah. and, they, and, and there could have been that. He could have had that. What I'm saying now is right now we don't even know. Mm-hmm. And we right now things are happening so fast in response to any perceived injustice, even mm-hmm. though it may not be, that the rioters in Wisconsin have already torched a whole dealership and destroyed mm-hmm. all those things. Now, that's just, it's wrong. There's no justification for that. And then a cop got hit in the head with a brick. Did you see that? Yeah, video? I saw yeah. that too. So even if what they did was wrong, those officers should be punished mm-hmm. if it was wrong. And there is a system that will do that yeah. if we let it run its course. The thing that cracks me up is some of the biggest voices right now against the police are democratic governors democratic congressmen and senators so you have people that live in a state that is run by people that supposedly are sympathetic to injustice Mm -hmm. 
So why wouldn't you let them take care of the problem if that's true? But what we're seeing is in these cities that are democratically led, uh, the leadership is very weak. Mm -hmm. And they're allowing the riots to go on unchecked. And, And a lot of businesses, I mean, think about this. In any other realm, you wouldn't allow this to happen. Yeah. But they're allowing it to happen right now. And I don't understand all the reasons why, but it's wrong. It's chaos is never okay. Mm-hmm. And we want order. We don't want chaos. As believers, you should want order. You should want to be a light, not darkness. Why, why would we want to go create havoc, tearing down businesses of places that had nothing to do with the shooting? Why would you go torch a Starbucks or why would you go torch a, a car yeah. dealership? That makes no sense except that you're angry and you don't care who you hurt. Yeah. And I think the to me, the reason that, you know, maybe some uh, politicians might allow that to continue is one, uh, you know, it's perceived as, oh, you know, they're for us. But two, uh, I think, you know, people, like you said, don't want chaos. So the more they can foment chaos, the more people will be like, just make it stop. Somebody come down and put a heel on it. And, uh, you know, that I think that'd be a, an avenue to increase uh, government power because uh, right now it looks like it doesn't have a lot. And so then that's a way to curtail freedoms and stuff like that. And then you see what's going on in some other uh, Democratic areas like in New Jersey with that, that gym um, that have, you know, been hit a bunch with John MacArthur. And then in Virginia, I don't know if you saw that this weekend – they said that they're going to mandate that everyone in the uh, state will have to get the coronavirus vaccine when it's available. Yeah. So, you know, people, this chaos and stuff has people clamoring, like you say, for order. And we just have to be careful of what type of order we get out of that, you know. Well, uh, I know that right now, and this doesn't help, you've got four or five NFL players who are tweeting out to people that follow them. These are Mm. people they're influencing. Three officers and one man, and the only way to subdue them is to fire seven rounds. Another one says, stop killing unarmed black people. Another one says, tired of waking up to videos of people being gunned down by the police. Another one says, three on one, when will it end? And then they said, why can't three officers subdue one male? I need answers. All right, first of all, I would love for these football players Mm -hmm. to try to take down a 180-pound guy on PCP. Yeah. I don't care how big you are. When somebody's jacked up, and I'm not saying he was, but if he was tased and didn't respond. So, so again, Monday Monday morning quarterbacking Mm -hmm. without knowing the facts. Listen, if what they did is wrong, they need to be prosecuted. I'm the first one to say that. But we don't even know what they were done. And, and this doesn't help. This is the problem with social media. This is the problem with the way the news is putting things out. Everything's politically motivated right mm-hmm. now. It has nothing to do with justice as much as it has to do with trying to score political points or be on the right side. Mm-hmm. And the right side is justice. There's one justice. If what they did is wrong, then they need to be held accountable. If what they did is right then they're already crucified before they ever even have the facts come out. Mm -hmm. And so I I know that was a big part of it going, but as believers, we stand for truth, not opinion. And we need to be clear on that before we uh, start getting our opinions out. I agree. 
Uh, we will be right back with more after the break. Stay tuned. You're listening to SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. David Crowder with All My Hope. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we, uh, in the last segment, we're talking about a little bit um, uh, what went on in the nation or around the nation uh, over the weekend. And we're going to be getting into letters of the church, uh, letters to the church today by Francis Chan. That's something that we've been going over um, throughout the summer. We've taken a few weeks uh, off from it. We were, we were off for a break. And then last week we talked about prayer. Um, so we're going to touch up on our freshen up on letters to the church. Yeah. And there, there, yeah, there. yeah, there's, you know, we covered quite a few chapters of the book oh, in, in this book that Chan wrote. Chan is a very, he's been what you might call an accomplished pastor in mm. that he led a, a pretty large group of believers out in California, felt God calling him away from that, went to uh, the mission field lived in China and Thailand and India for a while, then came back and wrote this book and felt God was calling him back to try to to bring some of those principles that he encountered in other cultures back here because he realized that the American church, and by that I mean the American church universal, well, I'll just uh, let me take you to the one of the opening uh paragraphs in the book he says you find yourself on a deserted island and all you have is a bible that's the only thing on the island so you read the bible and you read in the book of acts about the church 
and what the church looks like. Then you come to America. You're rescued. And the first place you come from the island after reading, not having any knowledge, any upbringing in Christianity or any understanding of the church, then you come to America and you go to a church. How are you going to take what you read in the Bible and compare it to what you experience here? What's that going to look like? As he asked that question at the beginning, and I, he asked the question, is what you experience in the American church even close to what they talked about in the book of Acts? I throw that out there to you, Taylor. Just I know oh. we talked about it before, mm-hmm. um, but what do you think? I would say by and large, no. You know, I'm I'm sure there's churches that do um, look a lot more like that. But as far as what I've experienced, it hasn't really, you know, been uh, that well modeled off of Acts. Well, um, he talked about that even if you only had a smaller group of people in your living room Mm -hmm. living out what happened in Acts, wouldn't that be better than 5,000 people Mm -hmm. coming together each week that do not look like that. And that was what he wrestled with. So in the book, he he talks about the departure from what God had intended. And he constantly refers to the church as the bride, which scripture does too. And Jesus is the groom and the, the bride is supposed to be preparing for the groom. Yeah. In the Jewish culture, the way it worked is the groom would, um, after the parents had negotiated the bride price, and by the way, the bride always had the right to refuse. Mm-hmm. It's not like you think. You think mm-hmm. people think when the parents negotiate the No, the bride always had the right to say no. Mm-hmm. And so once the bride said yes, the way she uh, validated her yes was to take a drink of the cup of wine, which I think that's mm. really interesting about the Lord's Supper yeah. even, you know. And so, um, but then the bride went away and prepared herself while the groom prepared the room in the father's house. Mm. And I find that interesting because Jesus in John 14 yeah. says, I go away to prepare a place for you. Mm-hmm. It's not a mansion. It's a room. Yeah. You know, and the whole idea there is this picture that he's the bridegroom going to prepare a place. And the only person that can say when that room is ready is not the bridegroom, but the father of the bridegroom. Mm. And so Jesus alludes to that, too. But while that bridegroom is preparing the room, guess what? The bride is preparing herself Mm. to be beautiful for the bridegroom. Yeah. Now, how is the church doing in preparing herself? Do you think we look more beautiful now than we did 2,000 years ago? No. I think we probably look a lot more like the world Mm -hmm. now than we did 2,000 years ago. And that's the point. He calls the first chapter the departure. And what he means by that is we've departed from what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. We're, We're supposed to be known. Jesus said many times in Scripture, we are to be known by our love for one another. And really, when you stop and think about it as believers, um, we're not. We don't look like we love one another a lot of times. In fact, sometimes Christians are 
the worst about eating their own mm-hmm. and and not really helping each other and not really uh, encouraging uh, like Galatians says, you know, go to your brother with a spirit of gentleness, yeah. Galatians 6. And so as we think about what the church should like, that was the first chapter. And I'm just giving a little bit of a review as we go through to kind of set the stage to where we are now. So think about your own idea if you're listening today. I mean, um, if if you had to describe what the church should look like, would your description be more biblical or would it be more of your opinion? Because we are supposed to allow the Bible to direct our opinions about the things that God wants us to do, mm-hmm. not our emotions. And so in the book, he basically breaks down. There's three types of people in the church. There's contributors, there's consumers, and there's consultants. The contributors come and they contribute to the body. And we're going to talk more about that this week. We're talking about servanthood. Um, But then there's uh, the consumers, which we very much have a consumer mindset in our country. But there's also consultants. You know what consultants do? They come in and tell you everything you're doing wrong. (laughs) They think it's their job. So get this picture for a second, okay? Your leaders of your church pray fast pray over an idea and they they say okay this is the direction we're going to go we've been praying about it and as a group of leaders we've come together on this and we believe this is the way we go well a guy who probably hadn't read his bible that much uh, who hadn't spent a whole lot of time in prayer goes you know what i don't think that's a good idea why because we live in a culture that that values our own opinion a lot more highly than other people value our opinion. And so we feel free to put on the internet. We feel free to put on social media, how important we think our opinion is a lot of times when we have not invested time in prayer or reading the Bible. And listen, this is not broad blanket to everybody, but there are a lot of people that, and me included at times who think my opinion is more important than it is when we haven't invested the time or the prayer, or the conversation, and even knowing why they're leading that way. And the truth is, the elders are to lead the church. When Paul left the elders, he left them to lead that body. And so if you are underneath the elders of a church, unless they're doing something unbiblical, principally, um, you know, then you should submit to them mm-hmm. because for whatever reason, God may be leading them down a particular direction. And so just because you don't like it doesn't mean you shouldn't submit to it. You don't have to agree with us again, unless it's unbiblical. And if it's unbiblical, maybe you need to leave. Yeah. But that's the part. That's the first part in the departure. And um, he just really talked about how uh, every member of the body has a gift that they should use for the church and the motivation for it all should be love for god and love for others and that church should be known for love or any church should Mm -hmm. be known for love and so that's the whole first chapter um and i think he was right it it is a problem in the american church because there's not a lot of churches that are known for love yeah what are most churches known for in our country either their music or their pastors you know 
you know, worship or some how their service is for the most part. Yeah. I mean, basically, um, they're known. I think most churches in America, you're right, are known for one of two things, how good of a communicator their pastor is mm-hmm. or how good their worship team of music is. Yeah. And we've concluded in our country that worship is only music. Mm-hmm. And reading and expositing the scripture is just as a much a part of worship as the singing. Yeah. But when people go, wow, worship was really good today, mm-hmm. they primarily are talking about the, uh, the, the, the music itself. And so I think our whole idea about that is, is something that he talked about needs to be changed. Well, the second thing he goes into is the sacred and the sacredness of this calling we have to be the church, to be the bride. And I think a lot of times we think individualistically, even our praise songs are very yeah. individual instead of community oriented. Instead of our, we say me or my or I. Mm-hmm. In, in the Jewish culture, it was always us. It was our, mm. you know, and I think we tend to think uh, we tend to think individually me relating to God instead of me corporately being a part of this. Yes, we have to make individual responses to God in our own life, but when we're part of the church, we're part of a family. Yeah. And and I think we view that as an optional thing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. being in the family. Oh, you know what? I'll get together. I, I, I got something else I want to do this week. So I don't view my not being part of the local gathering every week as something that's really that important. And, um, and I think... We carelessly look at this very sacred thing that we have called the church family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're the bride of Christ, and we don't view it as sacred as it ought to be. And when we come back, we're going to continue on with this. So. Yeah, stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking and Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Uh, We'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia, listening at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, as well as all of you listening here locally, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkston, Georgia, or wherever you are listening. We are glad to have you. Stay tuned. We will be right back. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, save it. He's a prison shaking Chains. He's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. 
There's a better life. There's a better life. You got pain. He's a pain taker. You feel lost. He's a way maker. If you need freedom, say. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That is Chain Breaker by Zach Williams. If you are just joining us, we are recapping. Uh, Letters to the Church by Francis Chan, which we have been going over throughout the summer. Um, had a break uh, two weeks ago, and then last week we talked about prayer. So we're recapping uh, that a little bit, the the book so far a little bit, and then we're going to be getting into servanthood, uh, his chapter on that. So we just finished, left off talking about the sacred, and that's where we're picking up, yeah, picking up I, now. Yeah, I, you know— I want you to think for a second, if you're listening and you're, you know, as a believer, I think a lot of times we tend to think of ourselves as individuals connecting um, to God Mm -hmm. instead of being part of a group. Like, you know, you were on a football team, right? I mean, when you were on that football team, you didn't go out there and think you were going to have to beat the other team. Yeah. You knew you were part of a bigger thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, your dad, when he played for Notre Dame or when he played for the Jags, he didn't go out there thinking, man, if, if I, I, I'm going to have to beat the Giants today yeah. or whatever. He thought he was part of the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. But as it relates to church a lot of times, I know we, we feel an, uh, uh, an identity with our local body. Like I go to this church or I go to just church. A lot of times – we relate that identity to our pastor, mm. our worship team, to go back to something you said, a youth program. We're proud of being part of that because they do something. I know the church that I go to, they used to do a big Christmas outreach that was mm. really amazing. A lot of people loved that and felt an identity with that. But I just want you to think for a second, and if you're listening, just stop. And I want you to think about this for a second. That your existence did not begin at your earthly conception. Mm-hmm. I mean, we think that way, right? We think about our birthday and mm-hmm. we celebrate that. But you're part of an eternal plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, the plan for Taylor Johnson and Doug McCary was spawned way before we were an egg, even in our parents. That's what's amazing. It was an eternal plan. Listen to what Ephesians says in Ephesians 1. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So wait a minute. Before the foundation of the world, he chose you. Yeah. So his plan for Taylor Johnson's life preceded the day that your mom and your dad had a baby inside them mm-hmm. from an egg and a sperm meeting. Right. Isn't that wild? It's pretty crazy. Do you ever think about that? Not a lot. No, yeah. none of us do. Yeah. Why? Because we don't think about how grand and big and awesome God's plan is for us. But listen to what Paul goes on to say in Ephesians, that we should be holy and blameless. Holy is set apart. Blameless is righteous. Mm-hmm. So what sets us apart? Well, it's the fact that we don't live like the world lives. We're not righteous because of the way we live our lives. We're righteous because we're in Christ. 
None of us are righteous, Paul says in Romans. But so the holy and blameless part uh, we have in him and in love, it says he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Christ according to the purpose of his will. So before the foundation of the world, you and I were already part of God's plan. So when we think about that, there's no accident. So it doesn't matter whether you were, quote, like I know people who've said, well, my child was an accident. We we were mm. wanting to wait. Yeah. There is no accident. Right. God knew. And Paul, you know, Paul goes on to say in Ephesians 3, he says, to me, though I'm the least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for the ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authority in the heavenly places. Now that's huge. If you stop and think about that for a second, God wanted to show the heavenly beings, angels, his incomparable wisdom, so he created the church mm. that we're a part of. And so we have a sacred responsibility to function in that capacity. So for people to go, you know what? My church is sitting out on a boat on a Sunday with a mm. beer in my hand. That's how I get close to God. That's absurd. That's not doing what he's called us to do, right. to assemble together in such a way that the rulers and the heavenly places can marvel at God's wisdom. They ought to see the oneness of the body who come together and worship him. Now, Paul, a couple of verses earlier in Ephesians 3, said that the great mystery of God is now revealing is Gentiles becoming part of the body. People who were Gentiles were people that were non-Jews, people that were not part of the tribe of uh, Jacob. And that's the mystery. People in the Old Testament, those Old Testament leaders and prophets, they longed to see that, and they couldn't. They didn't know. But they knew there was some kind of mystery, but they didn't know what it was. So the sacred is that we take this great responsibility serious. So if you're listening today and you're out there, and you think, well, I can take her to leave church. You can't, really. And if you think, I don't have anything to offer, then you don't understand that before the foundation of the world, he chose you and him. Every person has a spiritual gift. Every one. But, you know, if you look around our country, I think we've been pretty lame as we've looked at the church mm-hmm. and the way we've looked at it certainly crippled in that way. I mean, that the heavenly beings, the angels, are shocked that God would choose me and you to accomplish his plan on earth. He could have just chose them. Think about in the Old Testament and even the New Testament, how he dispersed Michael, Gabriel. He he used angels, but he Mm -hmm. says, no, I'm going to use human beings to be my messengers of the gospel. And, I mean, the early church... Did they have to have gimmicks to get people to follow Jesus? No. They were so different from the world. I mean, they didn't have to have great music videos Mm -hmm. or great worship teams. They didn't have to have very charismatic leaders who had their hair just right or on TV. They didn't have to have the lighting set just right, the mood set for the people. Um, 
the gospel was enough. Paul says it was not through the foolishness of, I mean, it was through the foolishness of preaching. It was the foolishness of the cross. It wasn't my great words of wisdom. And so, you know, he then, Chan goes out of that chapter on sacredness into the next chapter on the order and basically what God commanded the church to do. And he used the illustration of going into a restaurant and ordering a steak and getting them bringing you the best spaghetti in the world. You didn't order spaghetti. You ordered a steak. And there's a difference, he says, between a command and an expectation. I mean, um, I think a lot of times we look at God's commands as they're optional. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I can take it or leave it. And I think far too often we in our church in America are more concerned with the manner of communication um, than how biblical it is. We're more concerned with uh, is is the youth group really dealing with drugs or dealing with peer pressure, social media issues, suicide, whatever, rather than biblical truth. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we are more concerned with making the music better. Golly, Joe's a little off over there on his worship songs. We need to get some help for him up there to help. So is what brings people to your church a gathering of believers committed to taking this incredible message of the gospel to the people in our community and to make sure that we are honoring God and glorifying him each week in the way we assemble I don't know. I mean, this week, I when you go to church next Sunday, all I want you to do during your worship time, I want you to just take one minute during the singing worship time when you're singing hymns or praise songs, and I want you to look around. And imagine yourself being a visitor, somebody who doesn't know Christ and doesn't know God, and look around and see if the people that are singing around you make you want to worship that kind of god Mm. that's very convicting to me as we think about that because jesus said that we worship god and all that we say and do we should bring glory to his name he said that through paul and so we need to come to church and realize that when we come together we worship as i mean we're worshiping an audience of one we don't come for taylor or we don't come for doug or or our pastor or our our friends we come each week as we come together our focus should be on god how we want to express grace and thanks to him uh, blessings to him and we want to receive a word from him through his teaching or preaching um of of the word by somebody and so uh, i i think for a lot of times people say what's going to work and that's what our churches tend to do instead yeah. of what does God want. The best church growth manual is right there in Timothy, First Timothy, and also in Titus. Those are the letters to the church about what it should look like. When we come back, we're going to finish the order and then go into the gang. All right? Yeah. <laughs> gang, gang, stick yeah, with yeah. us to hear that. Uh, we will be back with more after the break. You can download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That's at SWAT Radio Talk. You can also call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. 
If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walks away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. For the good Lord has come to seek and save. He's on. with Rescuer. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. We have been talking about Letters to the Church by Francis Chan, doing a recap of what we've gone over so far this summer. And now, as well as in the first segment, we talked a little bit about the news of the day so if you would like to discuss any of those things please give us a call or send us an email and we would love to have you on the show and talk to you about whatever's on your heart well you know uh taylor we were talking about the order uh where chan kind of lays out from paul's uh perspective really in corinthians you know the corinthians wanted paul to come in and preach eloquently they wanted Mm -hmm. him to be a skilled order that's what they were used to and uh, they wanted really some guy that was going to give a lot of human wisdom and mm-hmm. come across really sharp. And Paul didn't do that. He gave them just the opposite. In fact, he actually limited his words because he wanted their faith to rest on the spirit and the power of the spirit, not fancy words or the fact that he could be a good order. 
Um, they wanted a Christian celebrity, and I think we fall guilty of that a lot in today's church. Yeah. Uh, if we know somebody, oh, who's that? Oh, I don't know, but he speaks all over. Mm-hmm. And we kind of fall into that trap. But Paul did not want it to be about him. In fact, in 1 Corinthians one seventeen, Paul said, Christ didn't send me to b- baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with words of eloquent wisdom, but uh, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of his power. There was this, um, you know, battle going on between I was baptized by Paul. Well, I was baptized mm-hmm. by Peter. Well, Stephanus baptized me. Mm-hmm. And Paul says, he didn't send me to baptize. He sent me to preach and to talk to you about the truth. And and even in two, this is probably one of the greatest passages in the scriptures about the way pastors should preach. In 1 Corinthians 2, it says, When I came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And, you know, when you hear that and you think about the American church, I'm not talking about other countries right now, just our country. I think we are just really inundated with this mindset of the person who's preaching on Sunday has to be able to hold my attention and be a great communicator yeah. instead of what that person is saying being spoken through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think of a guy like Jonathan Edwards who read his sermons monotone so that he would have no influence over the people. I mean, think about if a guy did that today. People would get up and walk out yeah. or they would never come back. And there was a guy named Alan Hirsch who was a pastor overseas who said, you know what? And he had built a mega church over there. And he says, if you have to use marketing and all the lures of entertainment to draw people in, then you're going to have to keep them there with the same things because that's what people buy into. And with them, you win them with entertainment, you're going to have to keep them by entertaining them more and more. For a whole lot of reasons, this commitment seems to get harder every year. Yeah, They want to be entertained. And, and that's what he's talking about, the order. And I, I really think it's really helpful for us to think about that. You know, when it talks about the apostles' teaching in Acts 2, it says they devoted themselves to that. What is the apostles' teaching? Well, if you go read what Paul wrote to the Ephesian church, to the Philippian church, to Colossian church, what he wrote to Titus, what he wrote to Timothy, that's the apostles teaching. Paul is an apostle. And, you know, you and I are very familiar with Hebrews, the word which says the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword. Do we really believe that? Or do we do we believe it has to be wielded by a guy who has a really mm-hmm. good communication style? Yeah. In other words, you know, let's just say a guy gets up there and he reads the whole chapter or the whole book of Galatians. All he does is read, and he says, that's the sermon today. Mm. Would we be upset with that because he didn't tell a funny story? Because he didn't make us laugh? He didn't make us 
give us an illustration. He just read God's word. I think most of us would be, wow, he didn't even tell us anything. He just read. Yeah. Well, I think God's word is the most important thing about the sermon, not mm-hmm. the style of communication. And um, now, listen, is it easier to hear sometimes if somebody's passionate mm-hmm. or they're, yeah. I mean, if somebody stands up there and they act like what they're saying is not very important, I think I think Paul and Peter and the apostles were passionate. Mm-hmm. So I'm not talking about passion. I'm talking about eloquence. You know, somebody who is a very good communicator because they know how to cross all the T's and dot the I's in a certain way. They're, they're wordsmiths. Mm-hmm. And you go, wow, man, I didn't even know what that word meant. And you learned so, but I think it's just really important to remember what he's saying about the order. What God wants more than anything when we come together is his people to be joined for the act of serving one another and worshiping him. And if we're coming together as consumers, I think we miss out on that. Um, I, I think we forget, you know, when God's word goes out, if it's given, it's not going to come back. In fact, Isaiah 55 says, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and don't return, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish my purpose. And I can remember I've preached messages before that I didn't think anything about uh, the words that, you know, when I read the Mm -hmm. scripture and I've had people come up to me years later and say, you know, um, you really ministered to me when I said this Mm. and I said, well, God did, but what, 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 what was it that ministered this passage? And they refer back to a scripture. One of them is in Chronicles where Hezekiah says, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's directly a quote from Scripture. And God's word is relevant for us, and I think we we forget about how relevant it is. And so as we think about God's order for us and what he wants for us to do, I think that we need to dream again of having a group of people that gather to worship God and thank him for all he's done and to receive from him his scripture and actually have us up this fear of God, a healthy fear so that, I mean, when, when people used to hear God's words read, they trembled. Yeah. You know why? Why? Because it was so sacred Mm. and they were so in awe of what God had commanded, realizing they had not done it. Mm. All right, let me go back. Let me give you an example. Do you remember when you were younger, a younger kid at home, and your dad had told you to do something and you didn't do it, and there was that moment Uh where he said, son, did you do what I told you to do? And you go, oh, no. (laughs) That's that trembling fear of, you know, oh, my gosh, I, I didn't do what God told me to do. Because you hear, you remember when Josiah found God's word yeah. and they read it and they tore their clothes? Mm-hmm. Why? Because they had not listened, you know. Um, you know, I think that I think that part of the thing is that as as we gather as a church, 
And, you know, one of our listeners said the sword must be expertly wielded in order to be effective. I think I'm not saying that we shouldn't prepare to mm-hmm. wield it, but I'm I, what I'm saying is that if I'm resting on my ability to do it instead of God's spirit, I'm misplacing the, the emphasis there because only God can correctly exposit his word Mm -hmm. i have no human ability to do it i can study all the commentaries in the world but if his spirit doesn't you know give me that truth and reveal that truth to me i can't understand it and i can't wield it yeah and i don't want my personality to influence people as much as i want his truth to influence people and that's what he's talking about in the book well hey i know we didn't get through the gang which is next and then servants we'll get into tomorrow but the gang just talks about the loyalty of believers to each other yeah. and how we've missed out on that. And I know that our time is pretty much in today. And I really I hope that if you're listening to this, that you will be reminded that God in his word uh, has called us to love one another and for his bride to be attractive and allow the love of him to be seen through us to be attractive to the world around us. It's sacred, and he's given the order, and it's not an option for us. And tomorrow we're going to get into the gang, the loyalty thing that we're missing out on and get into the servanthood of what it means to serve the body. Yeah, so make sure you tune in for that tomorrow. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www swatradio.com or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Make sure you join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual